Hey everyone, I'm Eric Thompson, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. In case you didn't know, you can sign up for free on sixpages.com to have the Three Shifts edition and summaries of our deeply researched briefs emailed to you each week. And for those interested in our more in-depth analysis on shifts ranging from natural language generation to telemedicine to low-code, no-code, you can become a member at sixpages.com forward slash join. A membership will give you unlimited access to our member-only briefs and content repository. All right, let's get into this week's shifts. It's July 23rd, 2021, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, e-commerce rollups aggregating online brands are getting bigger and more global. Two, Square's sprawling ambitions in all-in-one SMB services and consumer financial services. And three, Zoom makes a $14.7 billion jump with both feet into cloud-based contact centers. Shift one, e-commerce rollups aggregating online brands are getting bigger and more global. Back in March 2021, we profiled the launch of Keith Raboy's Open Store, the e-commerce startup aiming to acquire and support quote-unquote micro-merchants, i.e. product brands selling on SaaS e-commerce platforms like Shopify by providing them with tools and data to scale their businesses. In that piece, we noted the broader wave of holding companies and investor incubators acquiring smaller e-commerce sellers that was coming over the horizon. That wave has turned into a full-blown tsunami. E-commerce aggregators are furiously raising capital to acquire as many promising vendors as possible in hopes of turning them into global brands, for example, improving their operations and profitability, increasing their discoverability online, and bringing them into physical stores. Since April 2020, over 65 aggregator brands have raised $6.9 billion. In July 2021 alone, and as of this writing, six aggregators have already raised $860 million. OpenStore, which will focus on Shopify brands, raised $30 million at a $250 million valuation. Elevate Brands raised $250 million to grow its portfolio of 25 Amazon brands and says it's already profitable. New entrant Foundry, led by ex-Amazon and Walmart execs, raised $100 million to acquire and bring Amazon e-commerce brands into physical stores. Unibrands, which focuses on Amazon brands in the U.S. and Europe, raised another $300 million. It's on pace to surpass its goal of 20 deals this year. Globalbees raised $150 million to scale Indian brands, while Valorio raised another $30 million for Latin American brands. These aggregator upstarts look to take deals away from the leading players in the space. Thrasio, perhaps the best-known aggregator, has raised a total of $1.7 billion and rapidly acquired over 100 Amazon sellers, each typically in under 35 days, and is closing two to three more deals every week. Perch has raised another $900 million and last week reached over 100 brands in its portfolio when it acquired WebDeals Direct, an Amazon seller with 30 brands, for a deal estimated at $100 to $200 million. There are many others chasing Thrasio and Perch with pocketbooks in the hundreds of millions of dollars. There is enormous value in third-party e-commerce vendors. Amazon Marketplace vendors sold an estimated $300 billion worth of goods in 2020, and Elevate Brands believes the market could double in five years. According to Thrasio, there are about 50,000 Amazon brands making over $1 million annually in sales. But as buyers flood the market with lofty acquisition goals, e-commerce brand prices are shooting up. According to business broker QuietLight, 
which itself expects to close over 100 deals in 2021, brands that would have sold for $3 million last year are selling for upwards of $5 million now. It's getting harder to find solid prospects, so much so that aggregator AccuCo, which raised $160 million in May 2021, is giving away $10 million in Tesla Model Y cars for referrals that turn into a deal. As with any frothy space, there will likely be a shakeout amongst aggregators as the smaller ones struggle to compete and get gobbled up. It's not yet clear whether one of the aggressive seller rollups will be the next big CPG giant. For those that tie themselves to Amazon, they run the risk of losing control and their margins being eroded by Amazon over time. Those that are bringing online brands into in-store environments will also find a tough road ahead in building lasting brand relationships with consumers. We may find that the winners in all of this end up being the digital advertising giants, Google, Facebook, and of course, Amazon. To read more content related to e-commerce and e-commerce consolidation, check out our March 26th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, Keith Raboy's Open Store and the Consolidation Era of E-Commerce. In our February 26th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, Walmart and Amazon team up with SaaS e-commerce platforms. Shift 2. Square's sprawling ambitions in all-in-one SMB services and consumer financial services. Over the past few weeks, Square, with $4.9 billion in 2020 revenue excluding Bitcoin, has made moves to broaden its services to small and medium-sized businesses, SMBs, as they grow. Last week, Square acquired frontline employee messaging and workforce management platform Crew. Then, earlier this week, it announced the launch of Square Banking with three offerings. FDIC-insured Square Checking and Square Savings accounts alongside its existing lending arm, now called Square Loans. As the world cautiously opens up, the new offerings position Square to capitalize on the transition back to in-store. Square's first product released in 2010 was a credit card reader device that plugged into a smartphone and allowed individuals and small businesses to accept credit card payments. Square then moved into retail environments with a point-of-sale system in 2013 that has since evolved into a suite of now-pervasive point-of-sale hardware and solutions. Square had over 2 million merchants in its network as of November 2018, the last time it disclosed figures, and in Q1 2021 processed $18 billion in gross payment volume for sellers. While Square is best known for payments, in parallel it has pushed into e-commerce sites, customer solutions, workforce management, and business lending with Square Capital in 2014, which grew into a sizable business and eventually became Square Loans. To date, Square has facilitated over $9 billion in loans to over 460,000 sellers, with an average loan size of $6,750. The new Square Banking builds on Square's business debit card, launched in 2019, and the recently launched Square Financial Services, its Utah-chartered, FDIC-supervised industrial bank that began operations in March 2021. In many ways, Square Banking slots smoothly into a strategy that has been well underway for some time. Square's industrial bank will take over financing for Square Loans from its prior partnership with another industrial bank, continuing to sell the loans to third-party investors. The new checking accounts, which have a $0 opening deposit required, $0 account or overdraft fees, and $0 minimum balance, will now be linked to the debit card. Checking and savings accounts will be held with partner Sutton Bank, though the plan is for Square's own industrial bank to eventually offer deposit products, though not necessarily checking accounts. There is a powerful, virtuous cycle to Square's offerings across payments, 
bank accounts, spending, and lending, in part due to the extraordinary amount of data it has about its sellers' businesses. For instance, it can proactively extend loans based on card sales without a credit check, deposit the funds into the seller's account the next day, and get repaid automatically with a percentage of daily card sales. Linked bank accounts can be used to back up any shortage in daily card sales. Sellers can readily spend funds using the debit card, pay payroll, move money between accounts, and automate savings. Sellers will also soon be able to deposit checks, consolidating their business finances with Square. Square is pivoting its value proposition for SMBs from payments to being a modern, all-in-one business services partner that knows their business well and can cut through red tape to streamline operations. Nearly all Square's largest customers use its team management tools, and Square wants to make its offering even stickier. Alongside the existing team management and payroll offerings, Square's intent for the crew acquisition is to, quote, provide sellers with an integrated, one-stop shop for messaging, scheduling, tracking, and paying their team members, end quote. Recently, we've seen a lot of market and investor attention on quote-unquote compound startups. B2B SaaS companies that offer a set of closely integrated tools in a consolidated system that can be stickier with customers, such as all-in-one HR platforms Rippling and Gusto. The language in Square's announcement of its crew acquisition suggests Square may be looking to take on Rippling and Gusto more seriously as an all-in-one workforce platform itself. Square's seller ecosystem is fueled by its sprawling consumer-side ecosystem. Square has powerful assets and fast-growing peer-to-peer payments and investing app Cash App, the linked Cash Card debit card, and boost instant discounts and rewards and linkages with the Square loyalty program for merchants. Square is actively looking to make more connections between its seller and consumer ecosystems, in part facilitated by the overlap between sole proprietor's business and personal finances. Square has made some notable moves that on the surface seem somewhat inexplicable, such as acquiring Credit Karma's DIY tax filing service, but suggest a grand vision for entangling consumers in its financial ecosystem. CEO Jack Dorsey is calling consumer lending, where Square is already experimenting, a quote-unquote incredible opportunity. The newly added Tidal music streaming community may also represent a new market for Square's merchant offerings, as well as a source of digital products that can be sold to Cash App users. Cryptocurrency is clearly a part of Square's larger vision for consumer financial services. Bitcoin has been a major driver of Square's consumer ecosystem and profit, drawing in users who are sending and receiving Bitcoin, investing in Bitcoin, and earning Bitcoin rewards. Dorsey announced last week that Square was developing an open platform for creating Bitcoin financial services, a week after news broke that it was developing a Bitcoin hardware wallet. To read more content about compound startups and fintechs behaving more like banks, check out our June 25th, 2021 Three Shifts edition the B2B SaaS customers prefer compound startups. In our August 7th, 2020 Three Shifts edition, Vero Money's banking charter opens door for fintechs. Shift 3. Zoom makes a $14.7 billion jump with both feet in a cloud-based contact centers. Last Sunday, Zoom announced it was acquiring cloud-based contact center vendor 59 in an all-stock deal valued at $4.7 billion, its biggest ever acquisition. Pending regulatory approval, the deal is expected to close in the first half of 2022. According to Zoom, the acquisition will position it to target the $24 billion contact center market with the, quote, customer engagement platform of the future, end quote. Founded in 2001 and now an established player, 
5.9 was one of the earliest pure cloud contact center firms at a time when only a fraction of call centers were cloud-based. According to 5.9, cloud penetration of contact centers was still relatively low, perhaps 15%, just before the pandemic. Its intelligent cloud contact center includes AI-powered agent assistance, for example, recommended interactions, intelligent virtual agents for routine tasks, optimized dialing and routing, workflow automation, and workforce optimization. The suite can enable omni-channel experiences across voice, email, SMS, web chat, video, and social messaging apps. With 5.9, Zoom is moving into a market that gained significant traction during the pandemic amid a growing need to interact with customers through digital channels. One analyst expects the global cloud contact center market to more than triple within four years. In an increasingly crowded space full of vendors eager to serve remote customer support needs, supporting cloud-based customer service is becoming table stakes for the major cloud players. It has gotten attention and investment from Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, as well as Facebook, Salesforce, Twilio, and a host of startups. Of 5.9's over 2,000 total customers, 796 are enterprise customers, defined as 50-plus seats and over $100,000 in annual revenue, and 91 have over $1 million in sales. Its blue-chip customers include Walgreens, IBM, and Coca-Cola, among others. Zoom, in comparison, has 1,999 enterprise customers, out of 497,000 business customers with over 10 employees. Zoom sees, quote, significant cross-sell opportunity, end quote, for both Zoom and 5.9's products across each other's customer bases. It specifically cited the potential to sell 5.9's contact center to Zoom customers and alongside Zoom Phone, which has been seeing strong growth and recently reached 1.5 million seats just two and a half years after its January 2019 launch. Zoom will likely build upon the quote-unquote land and expand strategy that has led to some of its largest deployments. In April 2021, we covered Zoom's ambitions to establish itself as a platform business and noted that it was on an acquisition prowl. It was rolling out products and features quickly, such as Zoom Rooms, a conference room system, Zoom Events, for virtual events, and a video SDK that let developers embed Zoom video functionality into their own apps. But it was facing competitors along its most compelling growth avenues, including cloud contact centers. With that, in the world's expected emergence from the pandemic, Zoom is having to move quickly to accelerate its repositioning despite its demonstrated preference for building versus buying. 5.9 represents Zoom's biggest bet in tackling the enterprise thus far, with a deal worth about 15% of Zoom's market cap. Notably, the 5.9 deal was all stock, which means Zoom is not drawing from its $4.7 billion-plus cash war chest, which could be as much as $7 billion by the time the 5.9 deal closes. As such, we've likely not seen the last of acquisitions by Zoom. Given the attention Zoom is paying to automation, as well as its recent acquisition of speech translation startup Kites, we may see Zoom acutely focused on adding to its AI capabilities for the enterprise. To read more content related to Zoom's platform ambitions and remote customer service, check out our March 26, 2021, Three Shifts Edition, Zoom's Platform Ambitions, as it licenses video conferencing to third-party app developers. In our December 4th, 2020, Three Shifts Edition, Advances in Remote Customer Service, from cloud-based contact centers to chatbots. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. A reminder that if you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts Edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on what's next for quantum computing. 
and talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition.